0: Hello! It's been a busy, busy month. There's been plenty of work done on the photography books and also on the website, so we will get on with the news and housekeeping and book updates and things. I think we'll start with the book updates first. The first one is about Caught by the Tide, which is the photo zine. That is just about ready. There's just some text that needs sorting out for the introduction. And once that's finished, then it will be sent off. I'm hoping to get it ready for the middle of May, which is roughly going to be in about a couple of weeks. And once that's out the door and printed, I can move on to the, the next one, which is the Two Towns. Um, Caught by the Tide, the introduction is a little bit tricky because I want to try and get across the reason why I was in Norfolk but I don't want to make the book too much of a downer. Um, I want it to sort of have a positive um, outlook, really. But we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, the vast majority of the, the book is complete. The images, all of the images are in there. All of the captions are in there and it's just a matter of getting that tricky little introduction done i always find them difficult so that's the reason why it usually takes the most time the two towns uh has had a little bit of work done on it but again that's about the introduction and the final one is of course edinburgh seven hills now there's a couple of changes there first of all i managed to get up to edinburgh at the beginning of april and shoot some new images for the book there was about five or six more images added Uh, It managed to fill in a few geographical and subject matter gaps in the book, which is great. It absolutely threw it down with rain. Um, But I kind of used that to my advantage and did some rather atmospheric, rainy Edinburgh shots, which were brilliant because, I mean, it was fantastically uh, atmospheric there. The mist sort of came in late on the night. So that is on track um so far with the work that needs doing to it there is a little subtle change about the release date the release date is going to go back a couple of months and the reason for this is i'm going to be busy in september which means that i'm not going to have enough time to have a look at the book and go through the book at that point so i've decided to move it back a little and it actually works out quite nicely because it's an anniversary date as well. The The first images were shot for the book in November 2015 and the book will be released in November of 2019. So it's a nice four-year cycle. It sort of closes the circle, really, which is, is quite nice. I really enjoyed the photography in Edinburgh. It was incredibly wet. Uh, I got wet, the camera got wet, the 35mm lens got incredibly wet and there was a little bit of a worrying moment when i was in the uh, national museum of scotland drying out Um, i was drying the camera gear and just tilted the the lens forward just to you know wipe a bit of water off of it and a whole lot of water poured out the front well it seemed like a whole lot of water i don't think it particularly was it just looked far worse than it actually was So I thought that the water had managed to get into the lens, but fortunately it hadn't. It was just a whole lot of water on the uh, filter just sort of running together and running off in what looked like a stream, but it was only probably, you know, a few droplets. Um, It was physically tough, actually, going about because, as you may know from previous podcasts, I had uh, some back issues, Uh, hurt my back earlier in the year, so I haven't been doing any running and I haven't had great mobility. So walking about in Edinburgh around those very uh, hilly areas in the old town was pretty tough. Um, I managed to do it, but I hurt afterwards a lot, especially in the legs. So one of the things I've got to try and do for, for May is try and start getting some of this physical um strength back in my legs and basically getting physically fit again um it's great walking about with a camera but it does take you out of it especially if you you've been off your legs a little bit or your legs are, haven't been quite as good as you know they uh, they should be but otherwise it was a great trip and uh, if the photography filled in a lot of gaps in the book which was you know, I thought was particularly great, a lot of it was street photography, it's really easy to do in Edinburgh, especially around Royal Mile, where everybody's got a camera and taking pictures, so someone else taking pictures, you don't really attract that much attention, which is um, a rather good, I mean, if you are wanting to start doing some street photography, then I would certainly recommend that you go somewhere where it's quite touristy, where there's a lot of cameras about um, people using cameras because you have a lot better way of blending in. You, you're not as noticeable as if you're somewhere where you're the only person with a camera. So that is the book information up till now. Um, I think, you know, delaying will make the balance of releases throughout the year. Uh, the book releases will have some nice gaps so the first one will come out in May the second one will probably come out in round about July August time and then the third one will come out at the end of November which I think works out quite nicely right Um, oh and the other thing is is there's been a decision made about the Norfolk Project photo book now this has been delayed for well more years than I care to admit but what I've decided is, is that 2020 is going to be the year when the first of the Norfolk photography books comes out. It really comes down to simplification of the project. Uh, previously, I've had a tendency to mission creep to a certain extent. I've I've had an idea for a book and then think, well, if I add this and if I add that which is fantastic but it adds even more design issues and considerations and things and before you know it uh you've lost your way and the book doesn't get made what i've decided for the first release for the norfolk project is that it's just going to be six six images it's just going to be the square format images which were shot on the bronica and uh, the ushika I think this is probably the best way to go. Keeps it nice and simple. There's enough images because I've already checked. There may be some six four five work that I shot on the Bronica ETRS as well, but that can be added if I think it suits. But at the moment, I'm just considering the the six six really as a as a start, and then later on. I can do another book which is about the 35 mil black and white or colour work or whatever I, whatever direction I want to take it in. So that is a Norfolk book for 2020. Um, you're the planned book which is about the the images on sky. If there is any more room left in 2020 for the book. I would like to get the Norfolk project out by about the middle of the year middle of 2020, June, July something like that. If there is any other time left then I can start work on that and maybe possibly get a second book out by the end of the year but really the Norfolk project is the one that needs to be sorted out and completed because it's been up as a planned book for far too long and it needs doing now so Work will start on that as soon as the Seven Hills Photography book is released. So that is the book news for now. Like I say, hopefully by the time the next podcast comes out, the first book, Caught by the Tide, will be released. Okay. Now on to a bit of housekeeping, and it's to do with the website. Now the website has had plenty of work done on it over the last couple of weeks. I've been changing it over in the block editor. All of the pages are now using Gutenberg blocks. There's none of the original classic editor left. And the reason for this is it just makes the pages and posts just so much easier to to edit and I can move things around. And also as Gutenberg develops it means that I can add new things uh, on there that weren't previously possible with the old editing system. So all of the pages were changed across. While I was doing that I also went through to try and improve readability and the search engine optimization. Now this is still work that is ongoing. It will probably go on until the end of the year. There's still a few pages that need a lot of work doing on them um the featured photography galleries for the norfolk gallery and sea sky stand and street have been done and they're pretty much sorted out but i think i'm still going to go back and maybe flesh them out a little bit more give a bit more detail especially as these projects get on in uh, age uh and also they'll, they'll change later on as the books become available and i can add links and things for selling them and stuff, so but it does look a lot better. There's a lot more subheadings in there as well, so it's easier to sort through different sections. And if you're just interested in the technical side, then you can find that a lot easier without having to read through the whole of the page. It does look far better. There's still a lot of work to do with it, but we'll carry on. Now, the other bit of book news is to do with the PDF books. Now, they've got their own page now. Uh, They were very important in developing or getting to this point now uh, where photography books uh, are being developed via blurb. And it all started with a solo photo book month project which uh, the first one I realised when I was putting the PDF book page together I realised was ten years ago this year. So ten years ago I put together my first book for the solo book month project. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it and I did two more solo photo book month projects in uh, 2010 and 2011 and then sadly the the project itself shut down because costs were spiraling and basically the popularity of the project finished it finished it uh got just finished the project off basically um it just got far too costly and probably a lot of work as well for I think there was only like two or three people running it, but even so, if you get uh, several hundred photographers uh, uploading work, it's quite a lot of bandwidth and quite a lot of work to make sure that everything's sorted and you've got to have support. It must have been a little bit of a nightmare, to be honest. Um, So yes, that has been uh, added to the website as a separate page. It, the downloads for those used to be on the photography book page along with uh, Sea Sky, Sand and Street, buy links, that's now separate. And of course, as more books are released, all of the links to, to the books, they will all have their own pages and links where people can buy them or download them, whatever it is. I want to do with that so it it basically it's about website getting website structures right and proper and making the the website look a lot tidier and navigate slightly better so the other thing that's been altered over the last few days has been the menu the photo books section of the menu has been improved Um, some more content added just filling fleshing out things again Uh, is looking a lot better it's looking uh the way that it should do there's going to be more changes coming over the next few months with the, the the menu just to make it easier for people to find things if they're looking on the site so that is about it for i think for the the websites there's been quite a lot of work um if i remember anything i'll try and include it in the next podcast but i think basically that's about it for for the website it is it's this is probably been the most work done on the site since um i changed themes about three or four years ago the text is is again is important about getting it right and updating it it's amazing how out of date things get just in the space of two or three years So um, if you do spot any errors, they're probably going to be changed at some point. But I think most of the errors have been sorted out. Right, we will get on to the final section of the podcast, which is the links. Now, we'll start off with Bill Owens. Um, This is from the New York Times Lens blog. 50 years after Altamont, the end of the 1960s, a reluctant rock concert attendee, Bill Owens, nevertheless photographed a disastrous 1969 music festival, Altamont, at the close of an era. Um, if you haven't ever seen Give Me Shelter by the Rolling Stones, it's a film named after one of their songs, uh, the Give Me Shelter was filmed... Uh, at the Altamont Festival. In fact, I actually believe that one of the cameramen who was filming it was a young George Lucas, who later went on to, to make Star Wars. I believe that is a fact. Um, don't hold me to it, but I'm sure it's correct. But what happened was was that basically the Hells Angels were put in charge of security and things started deteriorate between the hell's angels and the crowd and eventually ended up with a member of the crowd being killed um they believed that he'd drawn a, a gun so they decided that they were going to to deal with him um the gimme shelter film has a very interesting section if you want to get an idea of how terrifying it was. I would recommend that you have a, a watch of this film. Uh, towards the end, the Rolling Stones are getting back onto their helicopter to leave the Altamont Festival. And they literally all pile on. In fact, I actually think they probably overloaded it slightly. Um... People were sitting on other people's laps. There was that many people wanting to get out of there as quickly as possible. Uh, it reminded me of some of the scenes from the Vietnam War documentary footage uh, where all of the GIs just pile onto the uh, the helicopter to, to get out of there. It just reminded me of, of that. It really is a, a brilliant film to watch. Now, Bill Owens was slightly older than a lot of the people who were attending he was in his 30s and a lot of the people would probably be in their 20s so he didn't really see the appeal of all of this he was a slightly different generation and uh, but the images he produced you know are a fantastic sort of document of how the festivals started off in the usual sort of like you know looking like a bit of a woodstock and then deteriorated as things went from bad to worse um i mean there was all sorts of factors that came into it the hell's angels weren't the only one um there was a lot of drugs there was a lot of alcohol and there was a lot of people there and yeah things just just turned nasty and A lot of people regard it as the end of the 1960s, as the point where that obvious peace and love of the 1960s just started to evaporate. Uh, The illusion had gone, basically, that it was going to be all sweetness and light in the 1960s. It certainly wasn't. So if you are into 60s photography or into 60s music, um, there's a few shots of Jefferson Airplane as they're playing, Grace Slick on stage, and I think there's Carlos Santana as well, but it's a a great series of documentary images about a a rather sad event at the end of the 60s that uh, sort of brought a lot of people back down to earth. Right, the next one is a bit of a classic, the next link, uh, this is from the Magnum website, and this is W. Eugene Smith's warning to the world. The Magnum photographer made his last photo essay about industrial mercury poisoning in the Japanese city of Minamata, helping to bring justice and visibility to the victims. This is probably a great example even now, of environmental photography and the effects that it has ravaging a community. Um, I mean, the, the images are absolutely heartbreaking and W. Eugene Smith did an absolutely fantastic job of documenting the problems that people had with poisoning and the effects on generations to come it's still a really really strong powerful piece of work really should be included on any photography course about you know how to put together a photo story and how to document these things it's just heartbreaking even though these images were taken um in the early 1970s so yeah if you uh want an introduction to w eugene smith um i can't think of a a better way of Been introduced to his photography W Eugene Smith really was a a brilliant photographer slightly obsessive about the way that he worked um, which is a bit of an understatement really he was quite obsessive uh, with the way that he worked he basically had very narrowed down tunnel vision when he went longer all of the other distractions of life just went out all that mattered was the photography project that he was working on which is probably the reason why his work stands out, being as brilliant as it is. So check that out if you haven't seen it before, it's really worth a look. Um, Another Magnum one. Like I say, Magnum are doing some great posts at the moment on their website. They're really using their archive and even the contemporary work. Because this is this is new work by Christelle Perkins, uh, which is New Londoners. And this is uh, the photographer and londoner on the personal motivation behind documenting the many faces of one of the most diverse cities in the world this is really all about documenting um it's as i put it a comprehensive visualization of the rich cultural makeup of families in the british capital I actually think this is work that needs to be seen by a lot of people especially in recent years with sadly the way that some elements of British society think what makes someone British is well at the extreme ends it's down to the colour of your skin uh, which is rubbish of course but sadly this is the way that some people think but Christel Perkins' work, he's done a great series of uh, photos documenting families with a variety of different backgrounds, and yeah, it's a beautiful piece of work. Um, I'll just leave it there and just have a look at the work. It's a fantastic series of portraits about a very, very serious subject. And the final um, one I'm going to mention is... Now, I haven't mentioned the World Press Photo for for quite a long time. I've sort of got a bit of a love-hate relationship with it now. A few years ago, I used to go out and get the yearbooks. Um, whenever they used to come out. I can't remember, no, it would be about May time, June, July, something like that, that the yearbooks used to come out. And I used to head into Waterstones or Borders or wherever it was and I used to pick a copy up. I didn't always get it. It depended on which images had won. But recently it's had one or two difficulties and one or two stories that have caused stories their selves. You know, the awards, the images have been found to have been manipulated or the photographer... Well, uh, sometimes the moral character of the photographer has uh, sort of been in question. His uh, morality has been rather lacking. But John Moore, the winner for this year, I mean, he's come up with a fantastic image. Very, very deserving. Quite a simple image, really. Um, But it's of a crying girl at the border, and this is all to do with... Um, a distraught Honduran toddler, she and her mother are taken into custody by US border officials in Texas. I mean, it's a heartbreaking image, and it sort of comes down to the nitty gritty, a bit like Christelle Perkins' work does as well, about, you know, where we belong, um... And the way that people want to change their lives. And yeah, it covers a whole lot of uh, difficult territory. And I think photography should rightfully show these things. Even if they are, you know, rather upsetting. I mean, a little girl is obviously... She doesn't have a a, a clue what's going on as a a mum. is. uh, Well, she's basically got her hands against the vehicle as she's being searched by a border security officer um and she's not got a clue what's going on probably the mother hasn't got a clue what's going on so yes it's a very disturbing image but certainly well worth uh the award i mean john moore actually wins i think it's ten thousand euros cash prize which is great because it means you know you can get a bit of gear or you can put it towards Doing something else, the next photography project or something. Um, like I say, I've had a bit of a changeable attitude towards the World Press Photo over the the last few years. I'm not a big fan of photo awards anyway. Uh, it's just a personal thing with me. Uh, it kind of stems from my school years when I used to win absolutely sod all. Um, but I don't know. I, uh, the idea of getting an award for a picture like that, I uh, doesn't sit very comfortably with me. I can understand the value that it has. It's great for your career, but I don't know. It just is it using people? Is it? you know it comes down to the old morality question again doesn't it Um, it's an interesting one to think about and I don't think there's any straightforward answers Um, but over the years world press photo has come under a lot of criticism because of digital manipulation of images and things not being quite what they seem so it's a bit of a um, slippery slope sometimes what you see is not always what you are seeing Quite literally. Um, A photo is just interpretational. And sometimes that interpretation can be slightly tilted one way or the other. So that is it for the links. Thank you very much for listening to uh, this download. And I shall be back with another podcast in a couple of weeks. I'm working on a bonus podcast which should go out sort of like the middle of May. And then there will be another regular podcast sort of about this time next month so until then thanks for listening and bye